Louise McSharry on 2FM. But now, I haven't talked to Paul in ages because the last time he was on, uh, Blonnet was here and there has never been a better time to talk to him because in How to Be an Adult today, we're going to talk about money and we're going to talk about banks. Um, lots of people finding themselves in difficult situations as KBC pulls out of Ireland and Ulster Bank is gone as well. So thank you very much to Paul Merriman from AskPaul.ie for joining us this morning. Hello, Paul. Thank you, Louise. How are you? I'm well, but I gather it was your birthday this week. It was, yeah. Thank you. It was Happy my birthday, birthday on Wednesday. Thank you very much. Much did appreciated. You do, I mean, I know we're limited, but did you do anything nice? Very limited. No, just chilled out for the day. Uh, had a day off as well, so it was kind of uh, good. Good relax midweek for once. Take, <laughs> so, take away? Uh, yeah, no, was take away. No, no, no sneaky takeaways in fairness either. Um, yeah, not not midweek, not in a school night. <laughs> Try oh, to be good in that way. Paul, you're so, oh my God, not even well, on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, we won't get into that because honestly, that's a whole conversation that I could have That's with you, a whole but we different won't. part of uh, um, how to be an adult, yeah. <laughs> so Paul, obviously there are people who are panicking, I'd say, with the news that KBC is pulling out of Ireland on top of Ulster Bank having finished up. So yes. what's going on? Uh, well, look, basically, sorry, first of all, just there's 1,200 staff here that got this new. Okay, I think we lost Paul. We'll have to get him back on the phone. Um, so just bear with me. This morning, your KBC oh, staff Paul, members to pass on. Kind sorry of, to interrupt like, you. Um, your line cut out there for a second. So if you wouldn't mind starting yeah. again. I believe you were saying that there are, you know, is a huge number of people who've just lost their jobs, which is absolutely, you're, you're absolutely right to point that out. Um, I really feel for all of those people. Yeah, you'd fear for all those people. Sorry, no happened the connection there. Okay, we're going to get Paul back on a phone line. Um, so sorry about that. In the meantime, I forgot to tell you actually that uh, the gig that Alison Spittle was talking about, the big laugh-in gig, when you're buying your tickets on idonate.com or .ie forward slash comedy, make sure you don't click the anonymous option because um, according to Eve, who is uh, involved in the gig, she said, uh, we need their details to send the link for the show. So um, make sure you put your details in, you know, because it's, it's a donation page. Sometimes you don't want people to know about your generosity, but this is not one of those cases you want to make sure that you put your details in so there you go that's your news now we've got Paul back sorry Paul the technology was against us there yes it was wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> but we so are happened. together again so if yes. you wouldn't mind for the third time <laughs> yes let's go third time lucky yeah. third time lucky uh, yeah look as you were saying obviously for staff it's a disaster and also for the customers a lot of concerned customers are there over 320,000 customers so what's happened here is KBC are pulling out a marketplace much like Ulster Bank did and I think the first thing to say is that uh, I've seen a few people on my Instagram page commenting yesterday this is because we have a very hard time evicting people from the house and banks getting repossessions. That's nothing to do with that. That's bad news stories and it's kind of turning people on each other, which I just don't like. Mm. This is because the central bank has set the bar very high and that these banks need to keep an awful lot of money in reserve or basically like a piggy bank, Louise. Mm. Uh, and that means that if they come into difficulties again, like they did in 2008 with the financial crisis, they won't need state support. But the problem for me is that our banks wouldn't be the best banks in the world. They wouldn't have the best track record of managing the banking system. Mm. That's fine for the likes of AAB, BOI, Permit, TSB, etc. But not really for the likes of Ulster Bank or KBC who have massive parent companies with massive balance sheets. And those, those companies are in fantastic shape and they've been really competitive in the Irish market and making Irish banks reduce their rates and be competitive. Like KBC and Ulster Bank have the lowest interest rates in the marketplace. And mm. it's bizarre that they're gone now <laughs> and we didn't do anything to try and keep them. Uh, so that's what's had to happen. There's no other reason behind it's other than the requirements, it's called a tier one capital requirement. 
Um, so yeah, that's li- literally the reason why this has happened. Mm. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see, now there's one other bank in the marketplace, a really good bank, Advent Money, they're in the marketplace at the moment. Spanish bank, uh, operating on a small time basis. I don't know whether they're going to offer enough competition to the big banks though here in Ireland, uh, which is, is quite concerning for consumers going forward. But look, if you're a KBC customer, you know, you're going to be transferred most likely now with looks at things to Bank of Ireland. Mm. Um, and it looks like Bank of Ireland approached KBC on this, which to me is, is quite alarming because, you know, the government has, you know, the board seat and Bank of Ireland looks all over Bank of Ireland. So that's mm. a bit weird. But anyway, uh, they're going to end up with Bank uh, KBC. Uh, KBC customer is going to have Bank of Ireland. So if you have a tracker rate, Louise, lots of people are kind of worried about this. If you have a tracker rate with KBC, it's going to be honoured by Bank of Ireland. So there's actually no need to panic as a consumer. It's a bad day for Irish banking yesterday. But as a consumer at KBC, you're going to be honoured with Bank of Ireland. Now, where it gets tricky, let's say you have a two-year fixed rate, Louise. Mm. And in two years' time, you come off that fixed rate. It'd be honoured by Bank of Ireland for two years, but then you're going to be on the Bank of Ireland rate. You know, right. so you know you so have you to shop around and, in two years. Yeah, in two years, yeah. Or get or, that paid. Or get it paid, or else what you could do is maybe take a longer fixed rate. And I usually only recommend a one or two year fixed rate to customers, yeah. but uh, you know maybe go on a five year fixed rate or three or a five year fixed rate. Now that will keep you on a longer rate, as in the KBC rate for longer before a, a Bank of Ireland come knocking at the door, you know, yeah. uh, which would be good. Um, I, did see, I did I saw someone tweet yesterday um, that it was a bad day to be someone who had uh, been an Ulster Bank customer who had, after much research, decided to change to KBC. <laughs> oh, I know. A lot of people did that. A lot of people, because in fairness, they've been such a good bank. Uh, their staff have been phenomenal. They've, been, they've had really good uh, branches throughout the country. Uh, they've been really competitive and they also moved massively into the online space before any of the major Irish banks did as well. So they've been really clever. They're, look, we should be learning from these banks, not encouraging them to leave the country, in my opinion. But yeah. look, you know, uh, we're not going to solve that today. Uh, but look, big thing is, if you're a customer, uh, there's nothing to worry about uh, short term. You know, I don't think, like, Ulster Bank is still here. You know, the news came out a good few months ago, but Ulster Bank, these banks typically take two to three years to wind down before the exit. Right. Uh, now, if you have a loan offer at the moment from KBC or an approval in principle, as in you're about to buy a house with KBC being your mortgage backer, there's nothing to worry about either. That will be honoured and you'll go through the process, but you ultimately will become a Bank of Ireland mortgage customer in the foreseeable future. Um, but but I don't course, think there's any need to panic. Yeah, and, and you can change your mortgage provider, can't you? Yes, and we discussed this loads yeah. of times on your show about how it's always good. Every time your fixed rate is up, you should be shopping around for a yeah. cheaper mortgage interest rate and making sure that's the case. Mm. And we're hoping Advent Money now might, you know, might, they're, they're kind of, they're 1.95. They're actually the cheapest in the marketplace, but they're only for people that have a 60% loan to value. So a really low mortgage compared yeah. to the value of the house. But hopefully they might come into the marketplace and make it a bit more competitive. But I do think... Um, like I said, for Irish consumers, I think it's a, it's a bad it's a bad day when you have two of the most competitive banks in the country live, uh, you know, within a few months of each other. Uh, so it's not great. Um, and then other people, then the other people that might be uh, worried out there this morning or from yesterday, Louise, people that might have arrears with KBC because they don't know where they're going to end up because they're what called a non-performing loan from the bank. Now, again, I did say this on my Instagram last night. I did a video on this. And I'm saying that those non-performing loans are not people that don't want to pay their mortgage. They're mm. people that might have maybe fell behind during the pandemic or mm. the last financial crisis. Uh, I think we very quick. I just don't want people turning on each other and saying, because people didn't pay their mortgage, that's where KBC are going. There's nothing to do with that. It's to do with central bank requirements yeah. being too high. 
but those people, we don't know where they're going to end up yet. So KBC are going to have to go to the marketplace and see who will take these impaired loans. Yeah. Uh, and that's a bit of a bit of a nightmare because those the banks that usually look after these impaired loans are not the, the easiest to deal with. Mm. Uh, they wouldn't have as big a staff numbers as banks. Therefore, the customer service is quite slow and quite mm. irritating for people. Uh, so I, I do feel I, I do feel that they're the people that are probably most at risk of not getting a good outcome of this yeah. is if they leave KBC and end up in uh, a different a different situation you know and like let's be honest like nobody wants to be behind on their mortgage that's not a situation that anybody wants to be in exactly so yeah. like you know try let's we all hopefully have a bit of compassion for people who find themselves in this situation exactly could be yeah, literally be, any yeah. of us could it be, could be any, any of us, us. yeah I, I forget that people when they go into arrears you know they might have a split mortgage with a bank or they might have a restructure with a bank they're they're deemed impaired loans yeah um, and you know we often refer to them in the news but it's a very small percentage of people in this country who just have full-time incomes and won't pay their mortgage yeah. I've never come across anyone like that but I've come across a lot of the clients that maybe someone got sick they couldn't pay they hadn't got income protection in place or they hadn't got you know work benefits in place and they, they were really sick and they couldn't pay their mortgage and mm. they had to restructure with the banks or someone that lost their job yeah. to see or someone that lost their job in like a recession or you yeah. know again in the pandemic uh, and th- th- that's part of life and that's what the central bank are there to protect everybody during this th- th- these type of phases yeah. Uh, it, but uh, yeah I think it's very important we don't turn each other and, and like silly comments like that uh, yeah. don't do anybody any favours yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not helpful at all and this is a much bigger it's a much bigger issue here the issue is that this capital requirements by, by the Central Bank of Ireland. Yeah. That's really driving these banks out, you know. Okay. Um I am laughing at me saying it could be any of us. If you have a mortgage, it could be any of it could be any of you. It could not be me because I haven't <laughs> even managed to get a mortgage yet. Um, not yet. We're gonna emphasize yet. yet. <laughs> um so let's move on to the credit unions. What's going yes. on with this uh, cap on the amounts that people can deposit with them? Yeah, so what happens with credit unions is credit unions um, are like any business. They have to get cash in. and they, have, they bring the cash in. They have to put it on deposit. Okay, so they put it on deposit with Irish banks, actually, predominantly AIB and Bank of Ireland. Now, what happens here is that interest rates, we've all heard this in the news about negative interest rates. So banks are charging consumers now, or business customers at the moment, um, negative interest rates. So, you know, if you put your money on over a million with some banks, you're getting negative minus 0.5 per year. So you're actually giving you back less than your million you put on deposit, mm. which is which is sign of where things are going. And what happens then, I think it's going to happen to personal customers as well. But the credit union hold their money at Bank of Ireland as a business. So they're getting negative interest rates. So that means it's costing the credit union to put money on the banks in banks like Bank of Ireland and AIB. So they can't have too much money with Bank of Ireland and AIB because if they do, they're going to get charged more negative interest rates. Right. Uh, and affairs, the credit union is never going to pass it on to consumers because everyone knows the credit union. They're quite sound. They're brilliant. Everyone's got credit union accounts. And the credit union don't want to pass these negative interest rates on to their consumers. So mm. therefore, they're capping the amount of money you could hold with them because the more money they hold, the more likely the interest rate is to be negative. Mm. Uh, and therefore, that's bad for the credit union's balance sheet, but also bad for the consumer if they ever had to pass that on. Um, so they're trying the best of credit unions, and the only way they can do this is by stemming the amount of money flown to the banks and means that they don't make sure they don't have too much money uh, on each person's current account. But it depends on the size of your credit union, Louise. So mm. uh, some credit unions are less than €30,000, Mm. And some credit unions are less than twenty thousand euro. I've actually seen eighteen thousand euro already as well. Mm. So it does depend on what size your credit union is and where your credit union is located. Uh, obviously, to size the population. Um, but yeah, that's what that is. So they're looking to to core. But 
have to say, you know, if you have more than 30,000 on deposits, you want to be saving for, you know, either a wedding or a house purchase or something like that. But you yeah. couldn't be keeping that milk of money on deposit long term. I was going to say, I was just going to say, I know that Paul Merriman will not be happy with people having that amount of money. He'll be saying that should be invested. There are better places to put that money. I could could feel it coming. (laughs) Yes, yes, and yes. And he absolutely should, Louise. You know, you can't, you can't leave that much money on deposit because inflation is obviously is nearly 1%. And as inflation increases, we're expecting massive inflation now, later this year, right next year, when people come out, there's billions extra being saved because of COVID-19 and restrictions and people not being able to spend money as normal. Uh, and we're expecting quite a big inflation next year. And you're just going to erode the value of your money if you're sitting in the credit union on post or somewhere. So you need to invest your money. You know, you need to... Especially the big things are credit union. And I said it's loads of times for sticking me to saying I'm sure. But like the children's allowance of 140 a month or the mm. mice of, you know, if you're saving two or three hundred quid a month or eight hundred quid, whatever you're saving, mm. um, you can't be going like that. Unless you have, you know, unless you're maybe self employed, you need big capital reserves behind you in case, you know, work dries up or something happens. But generally speaking, if you have two incomes or one income coming into the household and you're in good financial strength and you don't have major borrowings, um, you, you shouldn't be holding that level of cash anyway. You need to be yeah. investing your money and making it work harder for yeah. you because it, it's just sitting there dying, really. Yeah. Uh, you can't have that happen to your hard earned cash. Yeah. You work hard to get your money. You don't want inflation eating into it, sitting in the account, rotting away. Um, isn't, it, isn't it lovely to know we've got that inflation waiting for us now just around the corner? Just I just love, you know, just a delight <laughs> to have things to look forward to. Um, Paul, okay, if people have questions for you, uh, you people, if you have questions for Paul, sorry, I was yes. talking to Paul, I should be talking to you. If you have have a question for Paul, text 51552 or you can email it to us, louise at rte.ie. We are going to come back with your questions and Paul's answers right after this. Louise McSherry on 2FM. Love that Irish music for you from Bobby Arlo, who is on our 2FM Rising list this year. That song is called Feel It. I am joined by Paul Merriman of askpaul.ie. Hello, Paul. Hello, Louise. Now, uh, Gav Riley, who knows everything, texted me during that song and he said, another point about KBC, it might not happen. He said, Pascal Donoghue said yesterday it would have to be approved by the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, who may have concerns about how few mortgage providers will be left. So that's interesting too, isn't it? Yeah, Gav's right, actually, in fairness. It hasn't actually been approved, hasn't gone through, but I think the writing's on the wall. You know, uh, I think the fact that they were approached by Bank of Ireland as well is not a good sign. I'm not saying it would be government sign off on this but I don't think uh, the competition authority can keep AI, uh, keep KBC in the Irish marketplace. You know, it's going mm. to be very, very, very hard thing to do. So I, I think the writing's on the wall and it's, it's starting to be pulled out. You know, I think it's not going to last much longer. Okay, well, I've got some questions for you. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay, the first one is, I have a tracker mortgage with Ulster Bank. What will happen when Ulster move out of Ireland? Can I keep the tracker? Uh, so the Ulster Bank loan, yes. No, first of all, you will be keeping your tracker. Yeah, you have no problem here. Uh, and Ulster Bank haven't actually sold a home for all of their loans yet, so it depends on where you're going to end up. Uh, people are still second-guessing where that will happen, but it'll be one of the banks, uh, AIB towards permanent TSB, I would guess, especially if Bank of Ireland are looking at the uh, KBC book, I don't think they're going to get any more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, again, from what Gav said, from the competition authority point of view. Uh, but yeah, you'll be able to keep a tracker, be no problem. Whatever bank takes over, it have to honour the rate that you're on, to, or the, the terms and conditions you're on the moment. Okay, super. Next one says, the car is giving out and I need to replace it in the next year or so. Should I wipe out my savings or should I go with a car loan? 
Um, you should, pro- I wouldn't say wipe out your savings, but you should definitely try, let's say if you had, I don't know, maybe say you had 10,000 euro, you should probably try and keep at least one or 2,000 aside for an emergency fund and maybe use eight to buy the car. Uh, I wouldn't be a big believer trying to, to go on loan, you know, or buying lo- getting loans for cars if you don't need to, especially if you have cash. So it's a bit of a mixture of both. I think, Paul, some weekend soon we should see if I can answer the questions and give yeah. the advice oh. that I think you will give because I feel that, like... That's a, that's a winner. <laughs> a year in, I feel like I'm I'm getting there. Like I, kn- so I knew yeah. you were going to say that because <laughs> Paul... just have a day called Ask Louise? Oh no, please. I would just be literally repeating the things that I've learned from you. But Paul definitely <laughs> believes in uh, not getting loans unnecessarily and, um, you know, saving up and using the money that you have and if you can't afford it you can't afford it um, yeah. okay the next one says we're a young couple saving money which will eventually be used for a mortgage in a few years do you have recommendations to invest it sorry should we invest it now until we need it again in a few years or leave it sit where it is well it depends on what the term is if it's kind of three to five years away from buying a house I would definitely probably invest some of it mm-hmm. uh, but if it's under three years I wouldn't invest any of it and the reason for that Louise is that generally speaking the last 10 years the market has been really good but generally speaking, a three-year period, the market will have one bad year and two good years, generally speaking. So you don't want to invest money and find a year before you need it for the house. You have a really bad year in the markets or markets yeah. fall substantially. Uh, so we wouldn't usually recommend anything under three to five-year periods. And now that being said, if somebody has, let's say, reach or deposit, and uh, maybe say they're looking to maybe save 30 grand and they have that 30K saved, mm. then anything else saving-wise, I think should be invested between now and the next five years. So if they're mm. buying in two years or three years, uh, so the surplus cash they have, I wouldn't keep loading the deposit account with more cash and more cash above your requirements. But again, with house prices, you wouldn't know what you need, especially mm-hmm. over the next few years. They're going to keep increasing, I think. Uh, so yeah, it, it, it's, it depends on the time frame. I'd say anything under kind of three to five years, keeping cash, anything above that, invest it. Okay. I have, I have about four questions here, which are all essentially the same question. And it's okay. all about investing and where to invest various amounts of money. So someone's asking, where is the best place to invest? 15K, where is the best to, Amanda says, where is the best place to invest or to put savings um, of 30K, which are currently in the credit union. If she's investing them, where should they go? Yes. Um, someone else is saying, uh, Killian says, when you say you should have your money invested, would you suggest investing this personally in stocks? Come on and crypto, etc. Would it be preferable to go to a broker and let them do your investing? Now, Paul's going to tell you about the Ask Paul <laughs> Investment Club. <laughs> you definitely should be doing this lot on your own. I'm not going to be here next week. No. I think I'm out of a job. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, the Ask Paul Investment Club was set up exactly to answer all these types of questions. First of all, if you have a lump sum like that 30000 I wouldn't invest it tomorrow in the market or into a fund. I drip feed it in over 12 months. Uh, just to you get the average, it's called the euro or the dollar cost average in the market. Make sure your money's go up and down basically in the first few months. Um, and it, it keeps it kind of a lower risk approach to investing as well. Uh, that's first of all. Second of all, the Aspoil Investment Club is there. All the information is on the Instagram page. You have a free book to download. Uh, I put in 750 euro a month um, and increase it to 1,000 soon into the um, into a fund, a managed fund with Zurich. So it's all the information is on the Instagram page and the free book. And then I do a video every month and I show my account live to all the folks. There's over 1,000 people in this at the moment. Mm. Uh, and I show my video live every month on the 15th of the month to show you what the fund is worth, why it's up, why it's down. But that fund has done since 19. 19- 1989, 11.1% on mm. average every year. It's a phenomenal form, a phenomenal track record, and it doesn't need to be. Uh 
it, it doesn't need to be complicated. I think people get, you know, frozen and they kind of get nervous when it comes to investing. So I think head to the Instagram page, check out or the website and check out the Aspal Investment Club. But I generally think everybody needs to have a smaller portion of their money in there. Mm. And I just be careful with that 30,000 the credit union. I would definitely be saying, obviously I don't know the person, uh, but usual advice would be to keep maybe 10 or 15,000 and maybe invest 10 or 15,000 over a 12 month period. So maybe 800 a month or 900 a month, whatever it's going to be. And then revisit it next year and the following year. There's no rush to go from cash into the markets. Mm. And there's no rush to invest. It should be something you do slowly and make sure you're comfortable with it and you're learning as you go. And You know, every week we send out a bulletin on a Monday letting you know what happened in the market last week and the coming mm. weeks and what we think. Uh, and we do webinars and invest. We do everything. I think it's a really good It's a really good uh, club to be involved in. Yeah, and of course people there. people can, I think people can join, like you can start investing at like 75 euro a month, right? Exactly, yeah. The minimum investment of 75 euro up to uh, clients putting four or five millions of clients that do you know 75 euro or mm. 140 because we really believe in this kind of uh, financial voice equality it doesn't make a difference if you come to us and you have 140 you'd be four million yeah. we kind of give the same advice because it's not that difficult yeah uh, i think a lot of people try to overcomplicate this but uh yeah i mean a fund that's been around 30 years and you know, obviously it's had its ups and downs and you know 2008 would have had a bad year with the financial crisis same mm. after september 11th the same Last year was actually up 14 or 0.4, I think it was, percent, even during COVID-19. So mm. it's a really well worn It's brilliant. But uh, yeah, I think that's where, you know, we get this usually every time we talk, Louise. Yeah. But I think you know that, you know, you know this at this stage. Uh, I would definitely be pointing people towards the Instagram page to have yeah. a look at the investment job and give them a shout if you want to get involved. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's why we have you on, Paul, because you simplify yeah. things that otherwise <laughs> people don't feel uh, they can access. Um, yeah. So sorry, just a final question on, the, on investing. Yeah. Uh, Fran says, uh, should I invest? Invest 15 grand, for example, or is paying off your mortgage, a lump off your mortgage, a better idea? Oh, great question. And be very careful of this because your mortgage interest rate should be really low. Like if you're on a tracker, you're obviously below maybe one or one and a half percent. You should be with, I was going to say someone like ABC or Ulster Bank at 2.2. Um, and you know, you should, but if your money invested, you know, hopefully over 10 or 15 period, year periods, you should be getting 6% plus on your money. Um, and the other thing about giving the bank back to the money too quickly on the mortgages, you don't want to give the bank back, you know, 15,000 on 3% of an interest rate and then go back in and borrow for a car loan of five years at 8%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's madness. So I, I never, in a, I would never usually recommend to be in a hurry to overpay your mortgage, get rid of your mortgage too early, if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, now, some people have a goal to be mortgage clear by 50 and 55. That's built into you. That's perfectly fine if that's you. But uh, overall, I would say keep your cash invested and make sure you have access to it. So you become your own bank. You don't be giving the money back to the bank too early and then need to borrow it again for credit cards or term loans or whatever you're doing. So I, I, I would kind of say keep it, you know, and, yeah. and invest it. So your dream scenario is that someone has a savings account with a good cushion in it of yes. what, like ten to fifteen grand. Well, a minimum of minimum of one to two anyway to start off. But yeah, maybe ten to fifteen. Well, we're talking dr- dream scenario here. Dream scenario. <laughs> dream scenario. Yeah, and then like, you. We try to do- no, I was just going to say, and then simultaneously, you have your investment going at the same time. You have your investment going at the same time. And the idea of the investment is that we try to get most of our clients, we do our cash flow planning with our clients, we bring them into practice. We try to get them, everyone, to about 100K by 50. Uh, and that can easily be achieved, believe it or not. And that's when people either pay their mortgage off a big lump 
or they use it to maybe buy a second property before retirement age, they bring in passive income. Uh, but the sweet spot, I think, for everyone is to try and get an investment account of 30 odd K. And that means you should never need a bank again. You, you're, you are now your own bank. Your bank is, your, your investment account is earning interest for you. And anything you need, like a car, major holidays, or you know, having kids going to college, or whatever, you just have that money and you don't need a credit union loan or a bank loan ever again. So <sighs> it's trying to get to that place. And it's obviously difficult and it takes time. But yeah, welcome with a financial planner. Get you there, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, before I let you go, very quickly, I bought some stocks on my banking app, only a tenner's worth, but someone told me it will impact my ability to get a mortgage. Would That's a tenner worth of stock really make a difference? No. No, it wouldn't. And just to say uh, as well, before you get that person gets nervous, you would tell you, number one, investing is not gambling. It's only gambling that usually causes problems for people. So you can invest and do whatever you want uh, that way. Even Bitcoin, people ask yourself, why is Bitcoin seen as gambling by the banks? It's not. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you, you, he had, that person, rather, here, she has no problem uh, when it comes to going for the mortgage. But also just to state, they don't have any tax problems either because you have to earn over, like, as in grow your investment by 1,270 euro in a year to be capital gains tax. So you have an exemption for the first 1,270. Now, unless their 10 euro, his or her 10 euro goes dramatically uh, and grows by a few thousand percent, uh, they don't have to make a tax return either. Just oh, that comes up later. You're saying that probably won't happen. Well, not with 10 euro, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look, thank you so much, Paul Merriman. Great to talk Cheers. to you again. Great uh, as always. That's Paul from AskPaul.ie. And uh, honestly, there is so much free information over there about your money. It's a fantastic resource. Have a great week, Paul. Thank you so much. Thanks a million. Cheerio. Cheers. Bye-bye. Louise McSherry on 2FM.